dudes and dudettes, welcome to the Generation Why Though podcast, where we ask why we are, who we are, why we make our life choices, what is going on in the world, and why aren't we ready for any of it? We are just three best friends in lockdown asking why Generation Y do what they do. Mm. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Nice to see your little faces again. Yes, it's so good to see you, Nikki. How are you getting on? Good, good. I'm looking forward to my little screen time with you guys, which is sweet, which is like basically like being out of the house. But uh, yeah, all good. We've had fabo weather and I'm enjoying my banker, just like grateful for having a garden, sitting out in the sunshine. Even my best lockdown life, if I'm honest. We all know it's the start of the summer because I got my first bottle of Factor 50 um, <laughs> when we went shopping this week. So that to me is like summer is starting. And I was putting some sun cream on myself on Friday. Not yesterday, I was too hungover. And it just really felt like it was the summer. Because we were sitting in our lovely back garden, the sun shining down in us. My skin was still going red, even though I was covered in sun cream. It just really felt like things were taking a turn for the better. Yes, it did. It really, really did. I'm having the best time with this weather. Like, I think we're off, what, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday of Easter. I've taken the Tuesday off as well, just because why the fuck not? So living my best life. That's actually so sweet. I'm really want to take Tuesday off now. Yeah, we had a barbecue yesterday and we made like a big old lethal batch of sangria. And I'm a little bit hungover now and a little bit burnt, but it's sweet. I'm happy. I'm just trying to be positive about this lockdown stuff, like make the most out of it, right? Exactly. Um, Just an update for our listeners. Like I said, I'm going to start cooking brunch food. Um, I've started. It's actually going really well at the moment. I'm working my way through the dishes. And when all this is over, I'm going to cook a giant brunch for everybody. It's been good, right? It's been very good. His scrambled eggs were delicious. Ah, Thank you. What did you make? So I'm I'm making basic things like, you know, egg in a toad in the whole bread thing and like basic scrambled eggs and like just fried eggs on toast but really simple things but I'm taking it up a notch this week I'm gonna make my own hash browns um I'm really going for it I'm really excited I might like quit my job and start being a chef after all this is over please don't no come on it's fine it's I fine. need money <laughs> okay what are we here to talk about this week this week we are here to talk about the wonderful world of dating yes <gasps> Uh, so we've been talking about doing this for a while, I think. And we thought, well, John very wisely thought, why not do it soon and like make it upbeat and fun because we've been going through this Corona-ish for too fucking long and we want something that will like make us laugh and keep us going. So yeah, we're going to talk about dating. We're going to talk about our experiences with dating, how Generation Y dates. Of course, we got some lovely feedback from the listeners as well on how they're dating. So it's going to be a funny one. Yeah, I think it's going to be really, really fun. Uh, yeah, so we're going to make a promise right now not to mention the C word for the rest of this podcast. It's going to be fun. It's going to be lighthearted. And I know I was one who put forward the idea of dating. I think I chose it because dating, you know, it's universal. I think everybody can relate to it. Everybody has different experiences. Everybody has different ideas. Everybody has that one horror story. And I think it'd be fun to laugh at your horror stories. And there isn't one person on this earth who does not have a gas fucking experience with dating. Like, not one. True. Exactly. So I think, you know, what better time to, you know, laugh at each other and laugh at ourselves than today and right now, hungover in the state. Yes, let's get into it then. So first things first, do you guys actually, like, enjoy dating? Like, is dating your thing? Is dating your ish? So I actually really enjoy dating. Um, I actually think it's really fun. And I've actually made friends with people that I have dated. You know, after, like, a first date or a second date, it didn't work out. But we kind of stayed friends. And I have a very simple thought process when it comes to dating. Dating is a skill. Mm. It takes practice. If you say, oh, I don't enjoy dating, I'm a bad dater, that's because you don't practice enough. There's lots of skills you need. You need skills like compromise, like, you know, observing social cues such as eye contact. Are you getting enough eye contact? It's also about communication. Are you listening and speaking enough? And it's also like things like, do you have enough range of topics to talk about? Because you have to talk about a wide variety of things because what you might find interesting, the other person won't find interesting. Do you have enough money to date consistently at this level? <laughs> That's another <laughs> point I think you need to worry about. Well, I was thinking it kind of helps you what like what you like and what you don't like. So for example, I went on a date one time with a guy who catfishing with his hair. It looked like lovely hair in his profile picture and we went on the date and he had cornrows and he was white in the year 2013. So... From doing that, I knew I don't like cornrows on white people's hair. (laughs) You and everyone else. So I just feel like dating is fantastic and I love it. 
I honestly feel like you missed a chance there. I can see you with a white Nelly. Like, I can just see it. <laughs> I've been out of the dating game for a long time. Like, let's not lie. But I did love dating. I didn't do loads of it. I don't think I had enough dates, to be honest. Nobody wanted to date the shit out of me, which is really sad. But I love the idea of, like, getting a fresh shot at, like, something new. Like, this person knows nothing about you. You can put your best foot forward. You can be whoever the fuck you want to be. I love, like, getting dolled up and just, like, meeting new people. And, like, the excitement before a first date is, like, no other. Like, that excitement of, like, butterflies and you're so nervous and, like, the initial hello and it's kind of awkward. And especially if it's a blind date or something and you don't know what they look like, I just, the excitement is, like, nothing else. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I, I think it's very rare to find someone who doesn't enjoy going on a first date or meeting someone for the first time, you know what I mean? Like, so I know for me, I was never like a big dater. It might've had something to do with the fact that, you know, I grew up gay and there wasn't that many people to go on dates with and it was never really a concept for me. But even like through college and stuff, never really went on dates, never felt like it was my thing. I kind of relegated myself to that role of like, you know, the sassy, gay, sexless friend who's just really camp and funny and didn't really worry about like, you know, the whole dating thing for himself. I think actually, John, you were probably one of the first proper date dates that I ever went on. Oh, Really? You were like 24. Yeah, I know. Like, oh. I, I didn't really do dating. Like, I went like for a few drinks with people, but never like, let's go on a date kind of thing. So I never really got that chance. But like the concept of it, like, like you know, talking to someone for so long, getting to know them and then deciding, oh, where will we go? What will we do? All that kind of stuff. Like, it's really cute. Like, I, I personally love it, but never got to do much of it. But you say you've went on a few drinks with people. So what do you constitute as a date? Like, what's the difference between like going for a few drinks and then going on a date? To, to me, like going for a few drinks can is a bit more casual than saying going on a date. Like, I get going for a few drinks kind of is kind of a date. But yeah. to me, a date is when you sit and say to the person, right, we're going on a date and we're going to sit down and get to know each other and that kind of vibe. Do you know what I mean? Mm. To me, it's a little bit different. Fair. I think dating can be, I think dating can be anything. You know, it doesn't have to be the dressed up and dolled up and going out from a fancy restaurant. It could easily just be like, you know, getting a takeaway and watching a DVD in your house. Yes. And I think that's probably what changed in my head because to me, dating was getting dolled up to go to a fancy restaurant and doing that whole vibe and ish. And I think now that obviously we've been together for so long and our dating consists of probably just like, you know, drinking shit tons of alcohol. So I understand now that drinking is a date. <laughs> so what about our history of dating? Do you guys remember your first date? Do you guys have any memorable dates that, that really stick out in your mind? You think, oh my God, I have to share this. Um, I don't remember my first date at all. Like I was trying to think of my first date and I can't, I j just genuinely have no idea when it was or who it was with. Like, Maybe it was awful and I've just fucking blacked it out. I have had some like cute and like memorable dates, but like I'm such a simple biatch. Like I just love little dates. Like one of the biggest dates that I remember, it was like a surprise picnic date and we just got like loads of Prosecco in and we had like a cute little picnic date and it was like really, really sweet, which is like Aww. so basic, but it was really nice. I've also had some like wild dates where like I went on a date and I just didn't come home for like three days. <laughs> and that was super fun. Obviously, like it didn't go anywhere because it's just a bit mental. But my favorite kind of date, and I don't know if you've ever had one of these dates. I've only had one. <laughs> Have you ever been on like a win you back date? Person is like trying to like win you back and they whine and dine you. And like in my case, I had no fucking interest. But I was like, I'm going to milk you for everything you're worth. And like we went to some like bougie ass hotel and it was like really, really nice. And I was like, I'm never going to call you again. But thank you. Thank you for this. Oh my God, that is fucking fierce bitch i'm obsessed <laughs> that was my favorite date i have to be honest <laughs> i can remember my first date i was like 18 or 19 absolutely well, first date with a guy i never been on a date with a girl so yeah my first date it was with a guy he was older um nothing special we just went for a dinner and we went for drinks you know pretty standard i remember being disgustingly nervous like shaking like my stomach feeling sick because i was just like oh my god you know i knew i was gay but like you know my previous experience being gay was watching videos of the internet of men being intimate together not actually physically like being with another man in a romantic setting so this was so fucking new to me i was so nervous but it was actually really, really nice. And these even just things like talk about going to prides and, you know, and talking about like what we like in bed and talking about our past experiences and stuff. And it was just really nice to openly talk about a side of myself that I haven't really had a chance to talk about other people. So I really, really enjoyed that. But I do have a very memorable date. 
that I always think about, I always kind of smile. There's go this, on, go on. It's really cute, I have to say. So I remember we were talking Grinder, and then, you know, the usual, you talk on Grinder, you swap numbers, and you start chatting over Messenger on, what's it called, or WhatsApp, um, you know, like the usual run of things. And then I remember talking to this guy, and we were talking specifically about food, and I was talking about how much I love lasagna, and how I'd love to go to Italy and eat, like, real lasagna, like, not, like this fucking trailer trash shit that I was cooking for myself. If you turn around and say he brought you to fucking Italy, I'm through. I'm <laughs> No, so he found a recipe online for like real like Italian um, lasagna and he invited me to his house and he had made it for me and he had like Italian music on in the background and he bought an Italian flag and then put it on his bedroom door and then he put the lasagna in um, the oven the second that I came out but what happened is we actually drank a bottle of red wine really really quickly and I was like you're sexy this is cute can we just take our clothes off so then we actually had to t- take the lasagna out of the oven and we had great sex um, for us some nights and we had lasagna for breakfast the next day but I thought that was super cute wasn't it I'm guessing Connor this wasn't you hon uh, no for the benefit of the tape this was not me <laughs> I have currently been put to shame in the dating game. So uh, yeah, got to work on that. Oh no, it's really cute. Mark, if you're listening, hi. Mark. Hi. What kind of a name is Mark? Yeah, it was Mark. So Connor's looking at me with like a severe <laughs> anger in his eyes. <laughs> Maybe this isn't a good idea to talk about. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Um, we'll see you in two weeks time. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really cute. I like that you could, like, we can talk about that. That's not a big deal. Um, but that's really cute that someone would like go out of their way to do that kind of stuff for you. Like that's what dating is. As you said, it's a skill. Like it's something that you need to think about and that person has obviously been on dates before and listens to what the person is talking about and then can use that information to kind of help build the relationship and build the rapport which I think is lovely I know for me like as I said you were probably one of the earliest dates that I went on but I do remember one of like the first probably the first proper date I ever went on was with a guy from my hometown and that might sound that sounds weird because I was never really into dating or guys or whatever when I was younger but then obviously I went to college and moved around a bit and then when I got back home to to Dundalk I actually went on a date with this guy and it was so weird to go into like bars and restaurants in my hometown with another man to go on a date like it's really weird because in your head in my headspace Dundalk is like 12 year old me because i been to different cities and lived in different places so going somewhere on a date was very like like what the fuck is happening but like we had a really cute time we just went to like a restaurant and had like a little three-course meal and then I drove him like you know to his house and we did like you know bits and pieces and it was different it was cute but that was like my first proper experience of like having an intimate moment with a person do you know what I mean like not just like a we're texting let's go for a drink and it's going to turn into whatever like it was it was really cute where did you do the bits and pieces? In his bedroom. In his bed. I thought he was taking his car, and I was just kind of like, "Ooh, girl, no. that's a first date." No, girl, because it was my dad's car, and he would have killed me. To be fair, there was space. It was a Passat. Like you could easily lie at the back. <laughs> I actually can't go for the two of you today. Your gas. No, you're right. It's more. It was like it's more than just a hookup. It's an actual dinner and dick. No, I'm gonna cut that out. I can't say that. <laughs> no, you can. Please say it. It's the double D. Oh, I was supposed to be a PG podcast. I really want to keep my job. All right. <laughs> So I'm wondering, lads, uh, you both spoke about your dates, which to be fair, sounds like very similar to how straight people date, like very cute dinner, dick, the usual. Do you think there's any differences in dating between guys and girls? Like, do they have different expectations? Do the dates have different formats? I don't know. What What's yours usually like? Well, I don't know about girls because obviously, well, I can a little bit. Like I've had a lot of like, you know, really close girlfriends that have gone on dates and I've helped them pick outfits and stalk the guy beforehand. Like, you know, all those things that you see in like American rom-coms. Very that, very that. But I know for us, well, for me anyway, I think there's definitely a difference for gay guys as opposed to straight guys. Because when you go on a date as a gay, I feel like you become very analytical of the other gay. Like when you sit down and you meet them for the first time, you're automatically appraising how they carry themselves. Like, are they camp? Are they trying to be masculine? Are they actually masculine? Like what their vibe is? We try to figure out who their favorite pop stars are. I'm a firm believer that if you can figure out who a gay's favorite pop star is, you'll know exactly who they are. For example, there is a big difference in a Kylie gay and a Gaga gay and a Lana gay. That's all I'm saying. What the fuck's the difference? There is a huge difference. And the fact that you don't know says fucking everything. (laughs) Which one are you? Gaga gay? I'd probably say a bit of a Gaga gay. Kylie gays are a little bit older and a lot kind of quieter and calmer gaga gays are a little bit more boisterous and lana gays are very they will like eat a little bit emo but they're kind of like you know the guys who will say oh i'm on a lovely day and their twitter account is just loads of tweets of them saying how awful and horrible the day is oh my god yeah it's also like a lana gays like smoking is their aesthetic ot if that makes sense smoking it like you know for them smoking is very important and all their tweets are about how they haven't had a ciggy in like three days and they're going to fucking kill themselves because they haven't had a cigarette in three days and that everyone, kind of thing and everyone is daddy and everyone is daddy oh my god i think i'm a man again actually now that we're sitting here talking about this and that's why we're still together 
<laughs> Thanks, Daddy. Differences between guys and girls. I think there's probably a lot more planning involved in the girls' side. Like we, if I have a date on Friday, I am having that outfit planned. I'm getting me tanned on. I'm getting me makeup done. Like I have my makeup done to perfection. My hair washed on a certain day. Like I think there's a lot more like planning that goes into it for girls. And also, I think women have more like dating rules. So like we might go in with I'm not going to kiss him or I'm only doing you know I'm going to expecting him to pay or like we have like rules in our head or expectations in our head. I think that are maybe just more set in stone, like more traditional or something. Maybe mm. uh, obviously it's changing, but like I think girls have higher expectations. They put a lot more pressure on dates and they build up a lot more whereas lads sometimes can just like get up wipe their balls throw a t-shirt on and like go to the date very much tea um i think when obviously i've never dated women um i'm not a woman so i have very little expectation when it comes to women in the dating world but there's something i do i do notice is that like i've had quite a few friends who are females who go on dates and they will text me and say hey look just so you know i'm going to this restaurant at this time and here's a picture of the guy and this is his address and i've never had to think about that i've never had to worry about that so it seems to me that like women also have to create this um safety net for themselves um that i don't think men are expect that men don't feel the need to do gay or straight men that's very 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 true so like even when i was talking to my girls before we were recording this podcast and i was saying do you have any like dating reels and all of them said number one dating reel is tell someone where you're going like make sure you have a trail because you're meeting up with this person and like obviously women have that like internal fear of just being attacked and being raped like we do we all have it it's funny though because we are so focused on safety yet expect them to pick the restaurant and plan the day we expect the men to be like okay meet me here at this time or we're doing this 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 which is funny because if we were so focused on safety you think we would be the ones who are planning everything and like making sure that we're going somewhere that we know is safe or like somewhere close to our house or we're coming back to my house not his house and interesting yeah i mean i do know for a fact that like we're getting to rules of dating but in terms of safety for me i would unfortunately um i have made the mistake but nowadays i would never ever go to somebody's house for the first date even though i just gave my lovely italian story and that was our first date in the house nowadays if i was to say date again hopefully soon mm-hmm. I would very much make sure that the first date is in a public place, like a coffee shop or a restaurant. I would never go to the person's house by myself. Unfortunately, I have made that mistake, but I really think that's a very important rule. For the first date, at least. For the first few dates, always in a public place, always let someone know where you're going until you can kind of gauge that you can trust them and they're not a serial killer. Yes, exactly. T, absolutely. And to be honest, this all kind of gives me very Gen Y dating vibes, if you know what I mean. Like that was obviously very different for our parents' generation, blah, 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 blah. But letting people know where you are and having that mentality and acknowledging that that's a thing is very, very Generation Y. Since we're on the topic then, uh, what do you guys think is like, you know, a typical Gen Y date? Like, what do you think it's like for kind of millennials in our generation? So I'm going to say it's just throw it straight out. I guess the apps, you know, texting through the apps, waiting a couple of days, see the chats going which would be the first person to give their number. And then you kind of, you know, chat on WhatsApp. And then it's things like, you know, sending funny memes or sending funny articles or trying to make little inside jokes already. And then you will eventually go on that first date um, and you continue to text and you go on your second date. And I always kind of feel about a third date, you either grab it by the balls or you don't. But I do feel it's the apps texting first date and then sending like, memes and stuff to each other. I think that's, to me, that's the definition of Gen Y 2020 dating. Yeah, 100%. Online dating is a big one. Um, We find that like less people meet in person. Miss Statsy has a couple of things to say about this, actually. So a uh, study done this year, 2020, found that seven in 10 couples found each other online and not in real life which is interesting because 75% of singles would rather meet their match in real life than on a dating service. This is crazy. And this just reaffirms the fact that people like almost exclusively meet online or are only comfortable meeting online now. On average, someone who is single only approaches someone they're interested in offline once every two and a half years. Whoa. Crazy. Only three in 10 singles say that they've been approached by someone in the last three months. That is absolutely wild. But you know what? Like it makes sense to me. Like, as we said, dating online and the apps and stuff, I think is very Gen Y, very millennial, very now. But for me as well, I think it's also huge for the gays because as I said earlier, we didn't understand the concept of dating growing up because there was no other gays around. Like it wasn't normal to like just go up to a gay guy and be just like, oh, hey, do you want to go on a date? It was like, now nah, I'm going to get jumped, mate. Like that's, 
that's not the tea that's not happening. So I think the apps were quite helpful for the gays. And sure, you and I met on the apps, didn't we, John? Yeah, we met on the apps, exactly. I understand, like, you know, um, in a dream world, you want to meet the person in real life. Because I think, like, we all see movies and TV shows, you know, you actually bump into each other in the coffee shop. You actually bump into each other in the restaurant. And, it's destiny. You know, it's destiny. And it's one of those, like, oh, my God, it was meant to be. We were meant to bump into each other this time. And we were meant to go on this first date. There's definitely a romanticism involved with that. But practically, using the apps on online dating is just much easier. I mean, we've spoken about our capitalist society and how much we have to work. And um, sometimes the only way to meet people is by sitting on your phone, eating that takeaway on a Friday night and going on the apps and chatting to people. 100% you're right. It like eliminates waste and time. Like everybody now is like, I don't have time to go out and meet new people. Like, how do I go out and meet new people? If you're on the app, it's just, you're basically just screening people from your phone. So like if you have things that you want in a person... You go on the app, you can eliminate some of those things or find some of those things straight away. And then you can just message them and meet up with them or whatever. Like it is um, interesting though that this seems like an easier way to do it and how everybody is meeting, but still 75% of people would rather meet in real life. But I think you're right. I think that's only because they have this fairy tale of that's how you do it. That's how you find the one is you you bump into somebody by accident and they pick up the books that you, that you dropped and they're like, oh my God, they look into your eyes and it's romance. And the reality is that's not how the world works now, but it's still really what people want. But are they trying? Are people going out there and trying? What, like going out in public and trying? Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. You can always say that the way to date now is through the apps, but it doesn't have to be. People still do meet in traditional ways, getting introduced by friends or going to the pub or going to a bar and bumping into people on nights out. Like I know loads of people who've met their significant others that way. So I know like, so obviously one of the real positives about online dating then is the convenience. Mm-hmm. And as you can, you can filter it. You can filter it down to, you know, height and you can filter it down to work. You can even filter down to how much money they earn. Um, So that is obviously some of the positives. Do you think there's any like negatives though with online dating? I mean, obviously we've had a very positive experience ourselves, thankfully, yeah. but I'm sure there's plenty of people who have had negative experiences or view online dating in a negative way. Well, I I think catfishing is probably a huge one you people are putting out what they want to put out but in reality they're not going to be like that obviously meeting up with someone you don't know is real or not causes like safety issues like you don't know who's going to meet you mm. i think as well people get too picky from the apps like if i met someone in real life i'm meeting a full 3d human being like there's going to be layers there's going to be things i like and i don't like and i can get like a real opinion on who they are but if i'm just reading something from a piece of paper and i see something that i don't like they can be like nah i'm swiping like i think you can be really fussy and picky and like maybe miss out yeah i, I know what you mean it's like you there's such a pressure put on people to have like the perfect tinder bio you literally got one shot to get someone's interest and because people are flicking and swiping and blah 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 blah, blah you literally have like two seconds to make your impact otherwise you're done and like, it's really difficult to convey like tone and emotion through like texting. Like I find it very, very difficult to have a conversation with someone and get myself across through like a fucking WhatsApp message or as you said, like a one line bio. Yeah, I'm the exact same. Like I'm a shy texter. I text how I speak. So the way I would speak with all my sarcasm and inflections, I put that into my text. And when I read it back, that's how it sounds. But come someone else reading it might go, who the fuck is this absolute psychopath? Yeah, so it's very easy to be kind of misconstrued in text messages. So there's been lots of times where I've been texting a guy, kind of like in my head thinking, oh my God, I'm being dead flirty. Like, I'm so slick. I'm so suave. I'm so this. And then it doesn't go anywhere. Your man's just like, oh, well, like, I thought you were just being like really friendly and that it wasn't kind of going that way. And I'm like, oh, I really wanted the dick. <laughs> Didn't you guys get chatting through emojis? So that's how you can avoid any of that shit. Just like send an emoji, just let them throw it right back. Literally, yeah. Like I sent him a GIF and he sent a GIF back and that kind of broke the ice a little bit. But I totally love your point, Nikki, about... um they're not, th- they're not a full 3D person. They're just that photo and that little bio. Like in that bio, you have to be smart and funny, but also come across serious, but also show that you are earning enough money, but also show that you're adventurous, but show that you're not too adventurous that you won't settle down. I mean, there's a lot of pressure in those in those couple of sentences. And also, I mean, I know I've been guilty of like looking through a photo and I'm like, ooh, not that hair and just swipe tea. I, I, I know it sounds awful. I'm like, oh God, he actually wears that. He actually wears that kind of shirt. Oh God, no swipe. It's, it's awful. No, you're right. It is too easy to do it. But I also feel like online dating, like with the apps and stuff can be a bit lazy when it's just left to like texting and stuff. And all you're doing is like communicating via text and sending messages. Like, is it really putting in any effort? Do you know what I mean? Like the person that you're talking to in your head, you could be like, oh my God, this person's the one, like we're having this really good conversation, but they're having a, like an exact replica of that conversation with 50 other people at the exact same time. Like it doesn't take that much effort to put in the text. So I think how long you 
last on the apps and via texting before you meet up a real person is is the true test because bitch i want to know i'm special i want to know you're putting the effort into me and not mary don and alice down the road that's fucking tea like it loses its personal touch he could be using the same one-liners on you that he's using on everybody else like that's so true this is why apparently there is now a rise in millennial matchmakers so we all know the wonderful patty the millionaire matchmaker who I'm just like obsessed with. You know this girl, right? I know Patty, but in my head, I automatically went to the, the matchmaker from Mulan. <laughs> oh God. I'm a Disney bitch, sorry. <laughs> um, right, so apparently there's a new um, group of millennial matchmakers, they call themselves. Um, Sasha Sillerberg is a 24-year-old matchmaker at OK Sasha. Basically, in an age where apps like Tinder and Grindr have seemingly taken over the dating market, Silberberg unusual last name wants to bring dating back to person to person interactions arranged under the watchful eye of a matchmaker so these people don't even call themselves matchmakers anymore they call themselves dating coaches or wing women which i think is so cringe they work exclusively offline they match their clients with their own acquaintances or other clients some consult their client databases and send you on dates so like they will have a database of people and then they will match you with someone they know um but the focus now apparently is less on marriage and money and more on finding someone that you just really want to hang out with and i think that's like a real millennial thing what do we think about a real life matchmaker is it cool or is it cringy well that's the thing you can look at it from either way because it's such an old school kind of way of setting people up like it it, it kind of worked in those kind of societies that were a little bit more like you know upper class and stuff where such and such knows such and such a son who's just got back from like you know harvard school and he's looking to marry one it's like oh well my daughter's actually just got back from this and they should totally meet up like it's very old school kind of to my in my head like elite society setting up people in the right circles so in a way like you know it could work because i know we talk about like you know class doesn't matter or this doesn't matter, that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you're more than likely going to end up with someone kind of vaguely in your circle of friends or realistically in a you could see in your group of friends. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to be like a completely random person. Do you know what I mean? So I think there is something behind this whole matchmaking thing. Have you ever been set up with someone by one of your friends or like? Yes, I have, but like in a dumb way, just because people do that thing where they're just like, oh my God, you're gay. Oh my God, you're gay. Great, well, we should totally go out. And I'm like, we literally have nothing in common. There is nothing worse than going out um say with a few friends and then your friend brings along another friend and then that friend comes up to you and says oh my god you're gay um my brother's gay or my cousin's gay or um my other friend's gay you should totally hang out and it's just kind of like on one hand you're like fuck it yeah we'll give it a go but unfortunately most of my dating disasters which will come to in a few uh, minutes uh, have been very much centered around those uh matchmaking purely because you know we're both gay you'll Mm. definitely get on but at the same time, I can't be angry because obviously the intention is there, isn't it? The intention's there, but nine times out of ten, when they tell you who the person is and you see them, you're just like, no, they're not for me. That's, sorry. One thing is for sure, though, dating is fucking expensive. Bitch, that is fucking tea. Like, honestly, the amount of times that I felt like I couldn't be the person I wanted to be on a date because it's so expensive. And especially living in a bigger city like London or Dublin or something like that, it, it, it is ridiculous. I actually found um, a statistic online. It was a Singles in America survey by Match.com. And they found that 30% of adults between 22, 37, so like, you know, the millennials, felt that financial instability was hampering their dating game. And that 21% of those millennials think that they don't even deserve love until they've reached a certain level of income, according to a study which analyzed the dating habits of more than 5,000 US adults. That's really crazy because like, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like, I don't earn enough money to give someone like a good time or to treat them right. And to be honest, I've felt like that before. Like when I first kind of moved here and I was working in a job that was just kind of like so-so and I wasn't making crazy amounts of money, I'm like, I want to... I would love to have all the money in the world to give to that person. And I feel like if I can't do that, there's kind of something wrong. I definitely felt like money has hampered me. Like, you know, we can't do this or we can't go somewhere or somebody's treated me and I can't treat them back. But I've never felt that I didn't deserve love or I didn't deserve to find the one until my money is sorted. I always kind of feel like money is always going to be something or some kind of issue that couples and relationships are always going to have. And, you know, when is financial stability? Like, could you be 40 by the time you believe you reach good enough financial stability to start dating again? I don't know. That's a weird statistic for me. To me, it makes sense because I've been in that place where I haven't known what career I want or what job I want. And I haven't been making loads of money and I've just literally made enough to pay rent and bills. And then you need to start, like, you know, treating someone else on top of it. And I know for us, it might be a little bit different, but I can imagine this from the point of view of a lot of heterosexual men who might think to themselves, like, I'm the breadwinner, I have to be the one to earn the money. Yes, it's an antiquated way of thinking, but it's a way of thinking. And a lot of men have that in them, in their heads. Like, if I don't earn enough money, I can't give this woman what I want. And I can understand that they're like, I don't want to have that woman until I'm at that place. 
So money sometimes in your financial situation can like hamper your dating. But at the minute, the sea who shall not be named is hampering everybody's dating life, like getting in the way of everything. It is literally infecting our dating lives. Am I right? There was a study done on dating apps, the use of dating apps during this pandemic. There was a spike in dating app activity among users in countries around the world as the pandemic became widespread. 60% of those surveyed were already using dating apps before the pandemic was declared. 82% of singles are turning online as they self-quarantine in their homes. 50% of daters said they would be interested in conducting online dates to get to know people they've met online to avoid spreading or catching the virus, which is quite good. 30% of those said they're just going to stick with messaging and chatting until they're able to meet up with in person. And 5% reported that they're going to stop dating altogether. No messaging, no nothing until the virus passes. So this is tough time. It's tough out there for those singletons, I feel. It is. I have um, a friend. Um, she just started talking to a guy for about probably chatting and texting for like two weeks before it got really, really bad lockdown. So then she said they actually had their first date um, through FaceTime or House Party, one of those apps, because she had said herself, they, they couldn't just text and text and text and text and text through this entire lockdown. They say they need to see some sort of small step progress going forward. So they said they have been doing virtual dates online. And she said it has helped. She said, obviously, it'd be better to meet in person. She said, but she knows for a fact, if they had just kept texting for the entire three or four months that this is going to be happening... Um, she said it would go nowhere and it would it would um, burn out very quickly. So virtual dating is obviously an important thing right now for the seed that cannot be named. All right. So we've been out of the dating game for a while, safe to say, unless any of us are misbehaving. I went on a date with some guy last. I mean, um, no. Was he sexy? <laughs> yes. Fine. It's funny. He did this thing where he got an Italian flag and he made lasagna and he played it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that. I think he's engaging him, actually. I better go stalk him, actually, today and reminisce about our love that was lost. So there's a couple of phrases that have spouted about or millennial dating trends. Um, and I'm going to ask you if you know what they are or to guess what they are. And then I'll tell you what exactly they mean. So it's like slang terms for dating shit. So the first one is bird boxing. Do we have any idea what bird boxing is? Um, I'm going to say it's probably to do with that bloody Netflix thing with Sandra Waterface. So is it like a blind date? Is it where you don't see each other at all, even like your Instagram or your Facebook, so you have absolutely no clue what this person looks like, like you're blindfolded like you are in Bird Box, the movie, and you can't, you have no idea what they look like until the actual date. So a blind date. <laughs> no, you, no, but you can, but nowadays you can show people's, people's Instagrams and show each other's Facebooks and stuff and say like, oh, this is the guy I'm going to date on. Okay. I think this is actually real shite. I think both your answers are better, but apparently, much like the film, which sees Sandra Bullock struggle to survive wearing a blindfold at all times, the concept of bird boxing refers to when someone is blind to how rubbish the person that they're dating is. So That's what dumb. starts out as harmless and even endearing behaviour, like being overly attentive or good at money, quickly descends into more aggravating conduct, such as being overbearing and Scrooge-like. Oh, fuck. This is a good one. Okay. All right. So the second trend is called orbiting is this when you allow like lots of men to like you're orbiting and you're like you're not staying in the one spot and you're orbiting and you're looking at different people and you can't make the choice of who you're going to date so you just keep spinning on the spot and so you pick someone i mean good guess but no orbiting is when someone ghosts you but still engages with you on social media (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> I have at least, at least 20 people on like my Instagram and my Snapchat or things like that. People who still like my fucking pictures and still like my profiles and still react to my Instagram stories. I'm like, bitch, you haven't texted me in like fucking five years and you ditched and you ghost me after our lovely date. <gasps> oh, man, now. Mm. Sorry. I'm the same. And um, when we downloaded that um, app, House Party, um, everyone's using it links to your snapchat and it tells you all the people that are there and i'm just like i have way too many guys that oh my god it's like james grinder <laughs> yeah jeff grinder <laughs> mark grinder connor grinder it's just like ah! uh an orbiter might ignore your phone calls but watch your instagram stories they'll block you on whatsapp but retweet your last uh cat meme they are in essence playing mind games do not let them win okay and the last one zombieing any idea okay so i feel like zombieing is when you've ghosted someone and then suddenly start texting them again because you've come back from the dead. Yes, that's exactly it. Oh my God, Connor, well done. So you've been ghosted. The love or lust of your life has suddenly vanished and stopped responding to your messages on WhatsApp. But just as you're analysing the difference between blue and grey ticks, trying to figure out if they ignored you or actually blocked you, your phone lights up. Hi, sorry for lack of communication. Want to do something this week? <laughs> They're back from the dead, bitch. Probably because the other person they were texting is ignoring them. So it just starts a whole chain of events. 
Or they're just bored and horny. Right, so that's how Gen Ys and Millennials in general are dating. But we asked our lovely listeners, and let's see what they had to say. So we asked them, have you ever been on a dating app? 94% of our listeners said yes. Obvious. I think most people have been on dating apps, right? How do you meet people today? 57% said online and 43% said in real life. I actually was surprised at that. I thought it would have been more online. Mm, yeah, yeah I thought it would be more online, definitely. Do you have dating rules? So 80% said no and 20% said yes. Uh, do you kiss on the first date? 84% said yes. Would you kiss on the first date? Would you kiss on the first date? Um, yeah, I, I would. And I have done in the past, but not all the time. I think it depends on how the date goes. Well, yeah, I think it's like, don't don't give yourself those rules. Like, just see how it goes. Yeah, vibes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not adverse to it. I mean, I will totally kiss on the first date if the vibe is going good. I think, God, I really want to kiss you. But I will never feel pressured into doing it or ever feel I need to to make it a good first date. You didn't mm. kiss me for day three, so that says a lot. That was a rule I set up. Shut up. Mm. Would you prefer a more traditional date or something more adventurous? So 56% said more adventurous. 44% said traditional. What would you prefer? Oh, that's quite an even split. Um, I think more traditional for the first one. I think for a first date, it should be very simple and traditional. I think by the third date, it needs to be something more adventurous. Yeah, you need to have like one of each of them done by the time you hit day three in my head. I think if you're in a relationship, you have to have adventurous dates to like keep it spicy. But for a first date, for me, I'm like traditional, don't risk it. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because if it's an adventurous date, that in theory, that, that date could last like eight or nine hours if you're doing something really adventurous what happens after the first half now you realize holy fuck this person's annoying mm. or this person's boring as sin 82 percent have never been stood up on a date that's good only 18 percent were and finally i was stood up on a, on a date oh my god what happened just didn't turn up what? <laughs> it, was, it was supposed to be at a bar i was just meeting at the bar and he just didn't turn up um thankfully my friends are going out that night anyway so i quickly realized after like half an hour of texting him and stuff that he wasn't going to come so I just kind of left it and just went back to my friend's house. We went out drinking for the rest of the night. Oh, But really? that has happened to me. I mean, I wasn't totally and utterly distraught. You must have been mortified. I, it was, technically it wasn't a restaurant. It was just a regular bar. And to be fair, at the time I was like, I'm not really that bar. I'm not really into him. But like, once I had like my fifth shot that night, I was like, that fuck you. You know, I didn't even care, but you kind of get drunk. So you just kind of start making yourself, I cared more he's than I actually did. Dickhead. I was like, he's a fucking dickhead. I'm just too good for him anyway. But yes, I have to sit up on the days. Lastly, which will lead us nicely into a part that I'm very excited about. Do you have dating horror stories? 71% said yes. And of course... Our listeners shared some hilarious stories with us. Who wants to start? Yes, I have one here. Um, one of the well, so one of the people who listened to our podcast turned around and said that they had an awful, awful, awful time on a date because they had been on the date for about an hour or so, and they basically just spent the entire hour being told how many calories they should be eating. <gasps> that's a fucking no go. That's that's a fucking no go ever. No. Like, what the fuck? Like, why would you be sitting there having dinner? Like, and the person's just sitting across from you, like, there's actually 6,000 calories in that burger. It's like, all right, grand, you're not fucking nutritional information. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, other ones we've gotten from Instagram was, he got really drunk in a quiet pub and danced on the table singing, my girl. <gasps> oh, I'm shaking. I'm actually shaking right I'm now cringing. just reading it. I'm shaking. I'm like, Ugh! That is fucking gas. I got some good ones too. I got some quite long ones. This person um, sent in their story saying they went on two great first dates, then went on a sober date to see how well they actually got on. He brought up the fact that his sister loudly farts at the dinner table. When I said I thought that was rude, he called me uptight. At the end, we went to split the bill. And as I was paying, he picked up my purse and started taking my cards out and going through them. What? What? He texted me to meet up again, but I never will. What the oh fuck? Why did you go to my purse? There's so many layers to this one. It's absolutely insane. Open your purse. Yeah. Open your purse. Hey, come here. Open your purse. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I fucking see it, dude. I fucking see it, dude. Sorry, for anyone who's not aware, that is uh, the famous TikTok Rosa. Rosa. So good. Okay, I've got another one. So went on a date with this guy who had only one drink on the date, which was odd because he seemed like a party guy. He had a mocktail with dinner, question mark. Only afterward did I remember that he had mentioned he didn't like having drunk sex. So he had it all planned out. He asked me to go back to his. I said no. He said, okay, should we go to yours? I said no. We went for a bit of a walk. Didn't ask why I agreed. To, don't ask why I agreed to it. He asked me why I didn't want to go home with him. And I didn't understand and didn't understand why I didn't want to. We somehow ended up outside my house after the walk, which was weird because I didn't lead the way. So don't know how he knew how to get there. When I said I was going inside, he thought he was coming in with me. I said, no, I'm going in by myself. Then I ended with a text from him to say he accidentally stepped on a snail. 
what? I agreed it was sad. And that was the last time we ever spoke. He sounds like a next level creeper, to be totally honest. Like the planning and like luring her in to try and have sex there is fucking disgusting. Like you're meant to plan a date, but you don't plan the sex. Like if sex happens, that's great. But don't be like, he was clearly like, I'm not drinking alcohol because I'm getting the ride tonight. And even if you like, even if he decided I'm not going to drink in case you have sex, that's fine. Cool. Like you don't have to drink alcohol if you don't want to. But the fact that he was like creeping around, like pushing her, let's go to mine, let's go to yours. And then still trying to get there. I'm like, dude, no, like, no, gross. People are pigs. So I've had no like outright horrible, horrible disaster dates thankfully they've either just haven't worked out or we just didn't mesh very well or just didn't turn up um but there is one that kind of um sticks out um he was a singer from liverpool um i think this is a big problem with people when it comes to texting he was quite funny at texting because he was able to use like these funny gyps and these funny memes i quite enjoyed talking to him but then when i actually spoke to him in real life he was boring as absolute sin <laughs> like boring is absolute sin i mean it's just such like it i know it's not catfishing but to me if you're a good texter and you're, you're boring in real life that's a form of catfishing and should be fucking made illegal because talk about leading somebody into false sense of pretense and then just ripping off these fucking rose tinted goggles i had on you off my bloody eyes oh so sad apparently they call it kitten fishing kitten fishing is when you're like absolute lols on the apps and like you're putting forward like this way of life and you're not completely different in real life but you're just like a lesser version of that oh my god well this person was like a fucking kitten i can't even say without laughing i'm sorry is a kitten kitten fishing expert then he should be giving fucking lectures on it oh my fuck he just kept disappearing and having cigarettes all the time which i kind of get he's probably a bit nervous went to a pub afterwards he must have disappeared at least 10 times i'd say having a cigarette and then one day he was out for a cigarette he was gone for about 20 minutes and then he had come back in with this random woman i can't remember the woman's name but she was an icon she was spanish she had blonde hair tits up to her nose um this red dress that left nothing for the imagination but he got talking to her outside and obviously he drank a bit he'd get a bit brave so she he invited her along to the date <gasps> what and she sat in the middle of us but she was also on a date with some guy so the guy came over and sat <gasps> with us as well i was just really really embarrassed then this woman just kept standing in the middle of us sat in the middle of us but like kept grabbing her hands putting her hands together and saying like i don't know you said but i can read people and i can tell you're clearly soulmate this is clearly meant to be um you two will be happy for the rest of your lives and then your man so i was on a date with turn around and turn around just like oh my god do you really think that and he looked at me and i was just like I no. said, I'm sorry, I don't feel comfortable with this at all. We're supposed to go to another bar afterwards, but I actually rang my friend um, and to pretend that there was an accident in the house, I had to go back home. <laughs> but it was off, but it was just such a weird, horrible date in so many ways. All right, so I don't really have any like horror date stories, and I actually feel like such a bitch for like <laughs> diving into this one. But fuck it, it's the only one I can think of. So um, it was my it was my birthday a couple of years ago, and my other half had planned like a really nice weekend and he was like look keep the whole weekend free i'm not going to tell you what we're doing it's going to be a surprise and i was like oh my god so if someone says keep a weekend free and it's a surprise my mind goes to like a nice spa weekend like we're going away and i kept saying to him do i need to pack a bag and he was like maybe i have to know where the weather's going to be so i think the weather will be quite good um i don't want to stop asking so many questions so in my head I was packing a bag and the weather's going to be good. I'm going to fucking Costa del Sol. I'm away, right? I'm going to Tenerife. We go and we went on this like stunning boat ride. We went on this like river cruise down the Thames for like lunch. We had like drinks. Like it was so nice. And I was like, wow, this is like really amazing. And I got amazing gifts. And I hop off the boat and he was like, okay, you ready for the next bit of your surprise? And I'm like, oh my God, yes, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. So like in my mind, I'm like, right, my bags are home. Like I'm ready to go. And then I'm, this is in London. And then we just bump into my two parents in the street. And I was like, oh, oh my god mom and dad and they're like surprised and i was like oh my god so good to see you where's your bags they're like what i was like looking for a suitcase we're all we're all gone away right and i was like no no this is this is your surprise your parents came out to visit you for the weekend and like obviously i'm so happy to see my parents right but i was the biggest fucking bitch because in my mind i was going to the sun and i was like this is it this is a surprise my mom and dad i was like my, I, I literally was home two weeks ago i was an asshole i ruined the entire birthday weekend like i'm so <laughs> bitch but like you know when you have something built up in your head i was just like ben i love you and like this is the sweetest surprise ever but lesson learned you can't surprise me because i'm just a horrible person <laughs> <laughs> i just imagine like your mother just looking at you like nikki i'll be happier Ooh. yeah she was like aren't you happy to see us i'm like yeah I'm such a bitch 
That's that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, to be fair, I'd be absolutely raging as well. Like, I love the concept of like a surprise day or something like that. But if it doesn't match my expectations, I'm like, right, okay, fuck this. Yeah, but that's our fault. Our expectations are like too ridiculous. So speaking of expectations, let's talk about dream dates. Yes, I'm actually so excited for this because I didn't have an idea of a dream date until John started talking about it, and I'm after making up the most detailed dream date ever. All right, guys, you start. Right, I'll go first then, because you two have been talking about this for a while, about how you think yours is amazing, and mine is just so chill, so I'm just going to do mine to get out of the way. Okay, cool. So when it comes to, like, a first dream date, my kind of thought process is, in terms of timings, let's meet at, like, 3 o'clock. So, like, not in the morning, not in the evening, because if you meet too early, you have to spend the entire day together, and it's just really, really awkward. And if you spend too late, then it's just going to devolve into, like, a night of drinking and stuff. So I think, like, 3 o'clock is the perfect time. Plus, that way, there's more food options, so you can decide, right, okay, is this going to be, like, a lunchy kind of thing? Are we going to, like, sit down and have proper food? Or is it, like, brunchy kind of picking and stuff? Like, it's it's good to decide if you're going to have, like, a heavy meal or a light meal. The gays know what I'm talking about. Am Absolutely I right? Absolutely. Am I right? Are you having ice cubes for dinner or a burrito? That's a big question. You have to worry about that. Um, so my idea of the day is to kind of pick a place to go for kind of food first. If there's drinks involved, that's fine. But, like, definitely, like, food, lunch place. So you can sit down, have the chat, get the vibe and kind of suss them out a little bit after texting for a while. The food kind of will patter out about 5 o'clock because that's typical about that. And, like, you know, between 3 and 5, getting to know each other, doing the food. So about 5 then, if it's feeling good, you'll go grab a drink. Obviously, you've already decided this place because there's nothing worse than having to decide on where you're going to go for a drink at the last minute because you're like, oh, what if we go here? Or what if we go here? So knowing where you're going to go for the drink is key and making sure that it's not too far away so that you like don't lose the buzz or lose the vibe or have to spend that like you know awkward 20 minutes on the tube when you're not talking to anybody it's just really weird um so once you get there for the drink have a drink have a chill maybe like like a standing table do you know what I mean so like there's like a little stool but like you stand so like to keep yourself active and kind of suss out their body language and stuff after a couple of drinks then you're probably a little bit looser having a bit of a crack um, if you're still feeling it, I think that's when you have a bit more of a flirt. You can do the whole, like, you know, grab their arm, kind of like, you know, get touchy-feely, get a little bit closer as you're chatting and stuff. Then I'm very firm believer that you have to cut the night at like eight or nine. That's it. Cut it. It's done. You've had your date around three. If this is good vibes, then you're like, right, okay, we're going to go. We're going to finish it. And then you'll automatically make um the next date. Like, if you enjoyed it, like, lock it in. Like, none of this old text and see what happens. Like, this date went well. We're going to do it again in next week, next Saturday at nine o'clock. Book me in. We're doing it. We're good. That's kind of it. I think that's the perfect way because obviously some people might be like, fuck it, we'll go do the ride or fuck it, we'll do this. But I'm like, if you really like this person and you want to see it go more than one day, that's that's my idea of first date. Can I just say we need to date each other because my idea of the dream first date is very fucking similar to yours. Like, I feel like the day could be more fantastical than that. I mean, it's a very um, to the point date and exactly how you picture it. I kind of picture more as a fantastical what your ultimate first dream date would be and what would happen so mine's gonna be a little bit more ridiculous than that but i'm very excited to share with you but i like that though because i want like a realistic nice first dream date i think if like the first date is like too crazy then like you expect too much going forward like after that anyways mine is very similar so like you you start your date at three brunch lunch is like the perfect time to, to start the date it's a summer's day it's a saturday always a saturday dream full day date you meet in the late afternoon brunch time place is booked already you have a few cocktails it's a hot summer day so like i've got a cute dress on that's not too overdressy but like shows enough of like my freshly tanned bod from tan thursday you get like a little lit together and then you go bar hopping you go bar hopping around hackney after you finish your food you're chatting in a beer garden with the rest of the afternoon maybe you feel a little bit peckish maybe you get like street food maybe you go for a little stroll along the canal and you're like eating your street food and maybe have like a roadie in your hand like you're getting lit on this day you're getting loosey-goosey you're getting booze together you're just having like a right laugh so you're right you get flirty but there's no kissing there's no kissing during the day during this day you're flirty you're like touching the arms you're having a laugh go back to theirs then you kiss you only kiss and you go home the whole day you want to be coy cute flirty you go back to theirs you have a sleepover you wake up in the morning, you're a little bit hungover, but like you're giggly and like reflective the night before because it was like all a bit of a whirlwind and so unplanned and this is just so much fun. You have a coffee, you get a nice breakfast together, he makes you breakfast. He looks at you and he says, do you know what? You look so fresh. You really don't need all that makeup. And then we say our goodbyes. He kisses me on the cheek. He texts an hour later saying, I had the best time of my life yesterday. You are gas. And I reply, lol me too can't wait to do it again i you love that you. one okay my was a bit more fantastical that i feel a bit stupid now but fuck i'm just gonna go well for before it. you go into yours i just want to say let's give nikki a bit more that's really good i like the detail mm-hmm. i also like the kind of uh the bit at the end like i think yes i could easily see 
your doomed it equaling my doomed it and like yeah. if it's going well fuck it back to my gap right so <clears throat> my one is we start off by going to a few drinks we just go to a usual bar nothing special for the moment you know we laugh we joke it's happy hours so we don't mind buying each other rounds because it works out quite cheap then something very important happens they reveal that they're not in a band and they have no interest in ever being in a band that's really important to me why I just can't stand people who are in bands and music because it's all they talk about so it's really important to me they reveal that um, then we like oh we get some food he says oh I like all different types of food I can't just pick one so I say perfect there is a street market slash food market just down the road let's go we're going to get different types of food we're going to share I'm going to say oh my god I tried this you try it he says oh my god I got this you try it very cute lots of mingling we compare our food we say what we like we don't like we're taking the piss out of each other it's really comfortable then I mentioned a bar that a friend of mine has heard about right but he hasn't heard about it it's a special rooftop bar so it's very fancy very chic we go to the rooftop bar now it's quite busy so there is a vibe but not too busy that you're queuing too long to get a drink okay the music is very good and camp okay we're dancing we're drinking we're having a great time then the last song comes on called defying gravity from wicked Oh God! And we're singing there, and we're singing with full force gusto because we're lathered, and we had a few cocktails, a few shots. We're having actually time for our life, and we realize, hey, we're so comfortable with each other that we have no problem doing like shower version of Defying Gravity. Then towards the end, the waiter or the bar people are handing out napkins to everybody. So on the very, very last note, we all get our napkins and we throw them in the air, and they fall down really slowly because it's really cute and camp. And then we kiss. Okay. Then I'm like, oh, let's go back to yours. And then he says the most important thing before we go back to his. Do you want to get a kebab? Oh, I'm like, absolutely. We're going to go get a kebab. And this is my dream date. So I got like the stomach of iron. So I can eat this kebab without any fear of repercussions for like, you know, the um, activities for that night. So I eat the kebab. We go back to his, have great sex, no accents. We wake up next day. He makes me a lovely coffee that has no sugar and just the right amount of milk. Kisses my forehead and says, let's do this again sometime. Oh, That's my dream date. Can I just say, all of our dates are not that different. And the one thing that they all have in common is you got to be pissed in the first day. Fact. You got to be pissed yeah. in the first day. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have a few bevies. Keep it going. Mm-hmm. Jesus, that was a very detailed date. Defying gravity. I just think it's really, really cute. You're just, you're just there and you're kind of like, oh, do you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm not going to be shy. I'm not going to be nervous. This song is coming on. I'm going to belt it out. I'm going to show you my musical theatre gear heart. And yeah, I think it's really cute. To be fair, that's a really good way of weeding out that kind of gay. As I said earlier, you're very analytical on the first date when it comes to the gays, what kind of gay you are. So I think that would be a good way of being like, I'm very camp, over the top, love a bit of musical theatre. If that's not your judge, we're not going to get along. Yeah, like just get it out there. Don't hide who you are. Don't hide what you're looking for. Just fucking get it out there. Exactly. And he likes kebabs as well. So that's really, really important to me. Well, guys, that was a very, very, very detailed episode. And I, I know for me, that was so much fun. Me too. That was absolutely gas. And actually, it made me feel I was single and dating again, guys. Yes, it reminded me of what it's like to go on dates and what the vibes are. Because you forget that just because we haven't dated in a long time it's nice to reminisce and think about it and also to hear from you guys like that are out there listening as well because I know I have a lot of friends who listen to the podcast who are dating and actively dating and stuff so I love hearing all their stories and getting all the vibes I really enjoyed this episode too it also kind of made me think like we're in a you know when you're in a long-term relationship you still kind of go on dates but we should like next time we go on a date with all stuff we should make sure that the next date we go on is like really special and really nice and really fun and that date and that sometimes the date doesn't have to just always be takeaway in front of the telly with a dvd exactly like, let's make more of an effort okay i get the hint john so yeah i think that once this is all over we should totally go out and like go on a really good day and i've said this before like at the beginning of the year when we were doing our new year new gi i was like i really want to go to like dance class i really want to go to like a cooking class like i want to do those vibes like i don't want to get complacent and i think this has shown us like dating can be fucking fun let's fucking do it yeah i mean i've already told you what i want to do for my date so this is basically me just telling exactly what i want to fucking want for our next date we'll, go to, happen. we'll go to the kebab shop don't worry uh yeah so john mine was exactly like you when i was prepping for this i was like ben do you want to hear what i wrote down as my dream date for recording on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> right guys well we're gonna wrap this episode off now thank you so much for listening and um, i know we didn't talk about it but i hope everyone's doing okay and being yep. good and we'll all get through this together and it'll all be over soon um but in the meantime if you're bored go back and listen to our back catalog we have some great episodes out there that we think you'll enjoy um and don't forget to get in touch with us on social media as well you can follow us at generation underscore why though on twitter and instagram you can follow us on facebook at generation why though and you can drop us an email at gen though at gmail.com yeah that's it guys um thanks very much hope you have a great time and we'll talk to you soon bye, bye. we love ya bye